Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. We're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. Well, HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance and flags errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. So start saving with knowing where to look. Visit HealthLock.com today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Up next, The Truth with Lisa Booth, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. So the past few months have been really hard for Americans across the country with the coronavirus. We've seen loss of life, loss of loved ones, loss of income, loss of livelihood, riots over the summer, a political election that was tumultuous and has divided and fractured this nation. If there was ever a time we all needed to laugh, it's now. So why does the left keep trying to shut down my next guest? Come for the conversation. Stay for the laughs. This is The Truth with Lisa Booth. Welcome back to The Truth with Lisa Booth. I've got a really special show for you guys this week that won't just make you think, but also will hopefully make you laugh. That's because my next guest is Seth Dillon, the CEO of The Babylon Bee. If you use social media, you are probably familiar with the Babylon Bee. It's a conservative satirical website that has been described as the rights version of The Onion, and it is absolutely hilarious. I'm such a fan. I'm constantly retweeting their work. It's just so funny. Uh, So Dylan actually acquired The Bee from the site's creator, Adam Ford, in 2018. The Babylon Bee has been a massive success and attracts millions of viewers each month with its wit and humor. Behind every joke is powerful insight into our culture, our politics, and the absurdity of the people who are in charge. And it makes people laugh with headlines like this. Mexico installs stairs to keep Biden out. That was after the fall that he had. Or this. Powerful. Protesters spell out love with burning homes and businesses. And you guys can't see it, but there's an image of love written out in flames. Or after a CNN reporter took aim at the Babylon Bee, it ran a headline that said CNN attacks Babylon Bee. 
the internet is only big enough for one fake news site. So you get the idea. Their content is clever. It's funny. But it also serves as commentary on what's actually going on in our country. But despite explicitly saying that it writes satire and does not actually report the news, the Babylon Bee has somehow become a target of big tech and the political left. Twitter, Facebook and mainstream media outlets like The New York Times have absurdly accused the Bee of trafficking and misinformation. Remember that this is a site that on Twitter, it actually describes itself as the fake news you can trust. They call themselves a satirical website. They make that explicitly clear. So they're not trying to deceive anyone. And also, can I just repeat that it's the New York Times accusing them of misinformation? That's pretty ironic. But besides all that, big tech has taken aim at the Babylon Bee. And the left-wing fact-checker, Snopes.com, actually fact-checked the Bee's headline that read this. CNN purchases industrial-sized washing machine to spin news before publication. They really did this. And unlike the Bee, Snopes was not joking. I mean, do you all actually think that The Onion gets targeted like this? Of course they don't, because they're not conservative. We're going to get into all of this with Seth Dillon, the Babylon Bee's CEO, and hopefully laugh a little. Seth, thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Thank you for having me, Lisa. So tell us a little bit. So for the folks at home, if they're not familiar with the Babylon Bee, just tell us a little bit about it. So we're a satire site. I mean, if you if you look at how we're characterized and how you know the media covers us, um, that varies quite a bit. But generally, we're described as like a conservative version of the Onion. So most people know what the Onion is and can make that connection. But um, you know, we write news satire. We cover the stories of the day, and we do it from you know a right of center conservative and also Christian perspective. So we're just bringing a different worldview to the approach of how we're doing the satire. But basically we just, you know, take whatever bad ideas are out there and mock and ridicule the hell out of them. Which there's kind of an abundance these days. There is, there truly is, yeah. And that's why, that's kind of why when people ask me like, what's, you know, why is satire so important today in this day and age? I'm like, well, precisely for that reason, satire ridicules bad ideas. Well, I mean, it's a target-rich environment. I mean, you've got, like, I remember over the summer you had CNN telling us that the riots were mostly peaceful and they're, with the Chiron said, mostly peaceful, peaceful and their fires burning in the background. It's like, exactly. uh, I mean, you, you, can't even, you can't make that stuff up. If we had, you know, that would have been a really funny joke just to do as, like, a skit or something like that. But it's hard to, I mean, we try to exaggerate it. We did an animation skit like that where the, where the reporter is actually, like, getting stabbed by rioters and, like, having bricks thrown at him and he's still insisting that it's peaceful. Um, but it's hard to it's hard to exaggerate reality when it's already a parody of itself. Yeah, exactly. Which is a sad statement and reflection of where we are today in society. But, you know, here we are. So so when did you become CEO? So it was started before and then you acquired it. What what sort of drew you to um, the Babylon Bee and, and why did you choose to purchase it? I wish I could take credit for starting it. I mean, it's just, uh, I was a fan um, early on. Uh, people were sharing the articles with me all the time and they were going viral and it was really funny and it was like quality comedy. It wasn't cheesy, it was like biting and snarky and ironic and full of mockery and I, I loved it. I, I've always loved satirical humor, but I'd never really seen much of it from my political perspective. So it was really refreshing to see not only that, but also, you know, the inside church jokes. I grew up as a pastor's kid, so I have kind of, you know, the inside church knowledge, and, and those jokes all made sense to me. They didn't go over my head. So um, 
I was really attracted to it for those reasons. I thought it was really good quality stuff. Um, but it was like a small time little blog running on WordPress that clearly was like not a big time operation. It was just getting off the ground, but was, but was really being shared widely. So, I mean, I got involved just because I, I originally reached out just to see if they wanted an investor, you know, to kind of go to the next level if they wanted some, some extra cash. Um, and Adam, who was running it, wanted to sell the site. He didn't want to keep running it because he was afraid of what might happen with big tech censorship and he didn't like the the spotlight that he was under. He was getting a lot of attention he wasn't comfortable with. So um, he wanted to kind of step out of that role. Um, and I saw it just as a great opportunity to get involved because I couldn't pass it up. So I really didn't have the intention of running it. I really had the intention just of investing in it. But when I had the opportunity to buy it, I couldn't pass it up. Well, and so take us through the editorial process, because as, we, as we've already discussed, it's a, it's a target rich environment right now. So kind of take us through what that process looks like. Uh, well, I mean, so we wake up every day, we look at what's going on in the news and we have our Slack channel where all, all of our writers are and we're just kind of chatting with each other and we just throw out ideas like the joke always starts with the headline. It's always the headline. Um, you know, most of the people, I wish they would read the articles and click through and then click on all of the ads because that's how I get rich. Um, but they, but most people just read the headlines and that's all you really need to get the joke because we, we, we pump, we pump it in there. We include it in the headlines. So all of the, um, uh, back and forth between the writers is just pitching and iterating on headlines to try to narrow down something that's, that's worded just right that we know is going to connect with our audience. So um that's really what it is now the, the the liberal media will tell you that we wake up every day thinking of how many people can we deceive today with our malicious misinformation right um but really we're just going for laughs and uh, we are you know trying to speak truth to culture in some ways but it's but it's just a process of, of taking what's going on in the headlines and exaggerating it and and again ridiculing the bad ideas mocking the hypocrisy and the double standards um, that you see out there and it is a very rich environment but um, you know a lot of people you say it's a target rich environment that is true um, but there is an extent to which it's actually more challenging to do satire in this kind of environment than it is in any other just because like I said you know parody uh, is everywhere in reality and so it's very difficult to exaggerate that which is already so crazy and absurd so we find it actually challenging day to day to come up with stuff that's even more crazy than what's actually out there in the real headlines. But see, to that point, I mean, look, we had CNN recently tell us that uh, you can't tell a baby sex at birth. We have the energy secretary recently telling us that we don't use past definitions of infrastructure because they're, of course, trying to redefine the world word because Biden's transportation proposal is only like 6% actually infrastructure. You've got Marion Webster trying to change the definition of sexual preference to stick it to Amy Coney Barrett. But ironically, these are the people who are trying to be the arbiters of the truth. Yeah, it is ironic, isn't it? Um, they're, they're, they're changing the definitions of words every like 10 seconds. Um, you know, the, everything is two plus two can equal five if you want it to. History is racist. Math is racist. Yeah, so um, you do have this weird situation where they are trying to be the arbiters of truth. And, and so we actually have to. It's funny. You know, I sometimes, I sometimes describe satire as true lies. Um, because we are, we're actually telling the truth by exposing their lies, uh, but we're doing it using fiction. So it's a little, little complicated what we do, but it, but it, but it is fun. Your your Twitter bio says fake news you can trust, <laughs> which is and, and just for folks at home, here are some of the headlines. I mean, it's it's genuinely hilarious. So uh, they have one that says Mexico installs terrorists to keep Joe Biden out. 
Uh, and then also this other one that says Apple releases feminist Siri who refuses to listen. So it's 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 hilarious. I mean, do you have you know going through you know all the different headlines since you came on board? Do you have a favorite that stands out? Um, I, you know, it's funny. I get asked that question a lot, and I I, I do have one that really stands out. I, won't I, I thought it. I thought it was an original question, but I guess no. Not. <laughs> <laughs> I get um, uh, you know. I had one headline when I first got involved. I was pitching so many headlines over and over and over again. I was pitching headlines, and like the guys were probably cringing, like, "Well, oh no, this this guy, he doesn't want to run the business. He wants to be a writer, you know." But I just, uh, in the process of of getting to know the bee and its voice and everything, I was really trying to like get in that mindset where I was able to do what they do. And I must have pitched 150 headlines before even like one of them got published. But one of them did get published, and it was um, uh, something like. Uh, Democrats draft legislation that would make it a hate crime to eat at Chick-fil-A. And <laughs> it was right at the time when like Chick-fil-A was in the news, you know, for some reason they were attacking them for something. Um, and it was something that happened in New York, I think. And that that article got snoped, it got fact-checked because it went kind of viral. Uh, a lot of people believed that it was true. And so Snopes fact-checked it. And I was wearing that like a badge of honor. I'm like, my first headline got published and it was already snoped. So um, that was kind of cool. That one stands out in my memory. Um, we've had a lot that went like crazy viral or just met this like it were like, this perfect uh, nexus between like the Christian culture stuff and like what's going on in the news. Um, we did one about how Joel Osteen was handing out copies of your best life now to people in like the flooded uh, uh, area of Houston while he was driving around in his yacht. And and it was just critical commentary on like his prosperity theology that like you can live your best life now you know and it's like that gospel doesn't preach everywhere look at look around you in houston everyone's dealing with this flood from hurricane harvey so you know those kinds of things they can sometimes go really viral and have a really big impact and those those ones make an impression imagine getting in a hot stuffy car in the summer you know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. 
mean, it's not like you're just taking on Democrats or liberals. I mean, you take on conservatives. You, you know, you took on Trump during his administration. So, I mean, it's you're not just targeting the left. You, you sort of target and make fun of, you know, just any sort of absurdity that you see. Yeah, and that's a lot, I think it's healthy to um, hold your, yourself up to the mirror, you know, put put yourself in this, the crosshairs a little bit and do some self-deprecating stuff. I think it's really healthy for people to be able to laugh, laugh at themselves. We have this weird issue going on today where everybody is so offended by everything and everybody takes themselves so seriously. No one wants to laugh. You know, if anyone, God forbid you're the target of a stereotype. Oh, you know, that's world ending for you. Come on, you know, it's it, stereotypes can be funny sometimes and, and sometimes they apply to us. Um, so, you know, I, I just think people need to lighten up. I think levity is really healthy. And self-deprecating humor, especially, kind of keeps keeps ourselves in check a little bit. So we poke at ourselves all the time, and that's one of the reasons the bee was so refreshing to me, and I wanted to get involved, is because I saw that self-deprecating humor and thought it was really healthy. Yeah, it's hilarious. But wh- why do you think that can't or doesn't seem to be able to exist as well in today's society? Uh, I think people, a bit, especially young people, have been trained to find things offensive. You know, like we have, we score points when we're offended for whatever reason. You know, you see all this virtue signaling that happens. And a lot of the virtue signaling comes from this like sanctimonious place of, oh, look at me, I'm better than you. I I think this is offensive and you don't. Therefore, I'm a better person than you. Like people have been trained to kind of think in those terms. And I think that's just like, first of all, it makes you a terrible person. It makes you obnoxious. Um, And and it's just immoral. (laughs) So I don't know. Plus foolish. So you add all that up, and uh, and it's not a good idea to, to to train kids and young people to think that way. But but I think that is the reason that it's so hard. You know, like Jerry Seinfeld won't even do comedy shows on college campuses anymore because college kids are offended by everything. So you know, it's a really sad commentary on on where we're at. One of the things that people don't understand sometimes is if they don't stand behind. Uh, satire like the Babylon Bee, it's not just the Babylon Bee. That kind of impact ripples down to all sorts of comedy, ripples down to all sorts of speech. I mean, it's a much broader issue, yet, uh, you know, a lot of people on the left don't seem to realize that, or, or maybe they do. I don't know. I mean, I think they've, they may, some of them realize it, but they think that they're safe because their speech won't be affected because their speech is acceptable, maybe. Um, but maybe what they're not seeming to realize is that the standards are shifting like every 10 minutes and whatever was acceptable that they were saying yesterday is no longer acceptable. Um, so once maybe they start to realize that, they'll realize that they've created a trap for themselves. Well, and so you you guys have been the target, you know, as we discussed before, you've been a big target of big tech. Uh, I mean, they've suspended or demonetized you guys as well, which certainly puts your business at risk. What is it actually like to be on the receiving end of those kinds of efforts? Um, what's it like in what sense? I mean, in one sense, I think it's encouraging. Um, you know, if you've got people, if you've got people attacking you from the left, then you've made the right enemies, right? Um, I think that I, I think that it, it's it's a good thing to be on the receiving end of some of that, just because it means that you're having an impact. That's one way of gauging your success in the culture battle. I think um, as as difficult as it can be to deal with to deal with like smears and, and negative criticism and whatever. Um, if you're not generating that, God forbid they were praising us. Imagine if the New York Times was praising us or CNN was praising us. Um, I'd be I'd be second guessing myself really quickly, so uh, I welcome their criticism, 
But, you know, what, what's challenging is just in this era that we're in where big tech has so much control and the media has so much control. You know, these are, quote, reliable sources that are out there smearing us, mischaracterizing us, um, calling us, um, you know, fake new, fake satire, whatever that means, um, and, and spreading misinformation. You know, we're, we're really in a situation where we're in an uphill battle where we're struggling to have, uh, we're struggling for the right to be on these platforms and to uh, defend ourselves against these attacks that are really baseless. Uh, but the whole system is rigged against us because, you know, if the media can get this lie to stick that we're a misinformation site, a far right misinformation site, then, you know, the social networks won't want anything to do with us. They're not going to want us on their platforms. So um, it's a constant battle. So that, that's that's difficult. But, you know, someone's got to be on the front lines fighting it. So might as well be us, right? Do you know if The Onion has faced any of that kind of censorship? Um, if, if there's anything that's ever happened, like them getting dinged on Facebook or something like that, I'm not aware of it. Um, I, I, I know for a fact that the way the media treats them, you know, the media never mischaracterizes them. Uh, Snopes will always, when they fact check them, say the Onion is a funny satire site. You should laugh. In fact, they're the best and greatest satire site. Like it's always, it's always understood that they're doing satire and comedy. It's never suggested that they have ill motives. So they're not in a situation where they would ever. I mean, look, the, the New York Times piece that was just done done on us that that called that said that we trafficked in misinformation. This is a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago. Um, that piece was originally, it was really about a left-wing cartoonist who was sometimes misunderstood. He did satire that was sometimes taken down off of Facebook because it was misunderstood as being real. Well, when we weren't cited as like a conservative example of that, because that also happens to us, you know, instead of saying, oh, we are a conservative satire site that sometimes has their content taken down because people think it's real. It was, it was treated much differently. You know, they treated us as a far-right misinformation site that somehow gets away with misleading people on these platforms. Um, and Facebook needs to figure out what to do about that. And that's just, that just goes to show you how, uh, how disingenuous and unfair they are and how they treat the two different sides. You know, a left-wing satirist is just a misunderstood satirist. A right-wing satirist is a, a deceptive deceiver, I mean, sorry, a, a deceptive source of mis disinformation. Um, it's a mouthful to get out. Um, so, you know, it's it, it's unfair the way that they do it. But, um, you know, obviously, that's just the climate that we're dealing with. I mean, is it coordinated? Because it seems like, you know, you've got the New York Times attacking you and OCNN has gone after you guys. You've got big tech targeting you. I mean, is it is there sort of like a, a sense that there's sort of this coordination <laughs> involved in some of it? I don't know that they're like talking behind the scenes, but someone has definitely figured out that that's the way to get to, to, to shut us up and shut us down. Um, you know, I think three years ago when Facebook really started getting serious about um, misinformation spreading and, and thriving on their platform, um, that's when this really started happening with originally with Snopes. And so I think that the, they just see an opportunity. They're like, look, these guys like they they do fake news. They're trying to be satire. We could, if we mischaracterize them as actual fake news, then we can shut them up. Um, I think it's just an obvious. I think it's kind of brilliant, actually, as a tactic to to try to make that stick to us. But it's just based on nothing, and so they can't, and they're frustrated. Do you feel like? Do you think it's maybe because some of the headlines are a little too on the nose for them? Like it brings a little discomfort, as you mentioned, to kind of put the mirror up and to take a look. Yeah, I think it's that. They don't like the targets, right? The targets we're aiming at. Um, 
and what they'll say is that we are too close to the truth. We we we're on this thin line between truth and and you know satire, and and we're way too close to the truth, and it's way too believable. But what they're what they not what they're not taking on board there, and this is an important point that people need to realize, is that satire, just like and when you hear that saying, like there's a grain of truth in every joke, satire exaggerates the truth to make its point. And if there's no truth in the joke that you're making, then the joke won't land. It won't be funny. It, it, it'll just come out of nowhere and make no sense. So it's got to be rooted in the truth. And if it's believable, but not true, but believable, then that's an indictment of whoever we're satirizing. It's not an indictment of satire. That just means that whoever it is that we're making fun of, like, deserves to be made fun of that way. They've done something um, so egregious or so hypocritical or whatever that the satirical piece we we were really resonated with people because they thought it could possibly be true about that person. Well, you know, that's an indictment of that person. So to to turn around and say that satire is the problem when people believe that kind of stuff, I mean, that's silly. And and it, it, again, if you look at the the double standard is glaring when you look at how they treat the onion. The onion is believed all the time. Um, even by heads of state, um, and there's websites devoted to tracking when people have taken Onion stories seriously, but they never consider that a problem. I mean, I remember, it, I think it was 2012, I believe it was Congressman John Fleming tweeted out uh, an Onion article about some massive abortion plex that Planned Parenthood was creating, and it talked about how there was like a three-story nightclub and a, a lazy river, and you're like, and I'm pro-life, right? But it's like, you know, and so it's like it's absurd, but like, you know, there's an element, a kernel of truth in there with, uh, you know, Planned Parenthood sort of taking things to that length. But, you know, he, he thought it was real and tweeted it out to your point. But have, have you ever heard from has anyone from The Onion reached out in solidarity with you? Because you would think that uh, of doing something in a similar vein that they would feel protective over speech and supportive. You would think so. There aren't many on the left who have that mentality. I would say maybe Bill Maher is one of them. Um, he really cares about speech and protecting the right of people to say things that are offensive even if you don't like them uh, nobody from The Onion has reached out to us to communicate anything like that, no they should and some of the, some of the fact checking and stuff is so dumb so like Snopes.com fact checked one of your headlines that said CNN purchases industrial sized washing machine to spin news before publication, which is, is absolutely hilarious, but clearly a joke. Uh, you know, so, so why even fact check something like that? I mean, you'd have to read this and be a moron to think that is true. I mean, obviously, they're fake news and it's hilarious to poke fun at them. But do you think that they actually, you know, CNN purchased an industrial sized washing mach- machine to spin news before publication just defies logic and reason, yet they still fact checked it. So why? That's remarkable, isn't it? I mean, it's like on the face of it, that story is so silly. You know, some of the, when I when I made it. Uh, comment a moment ago about how satire rides on the back of the truth and it exaggerates it. That is um, that is one of the examples of how satire can sometimes just be silly and absurd um, and is not really believable. So it's kind of funny that that was one of the ones that got fact-checked and actually got us like threatened with demonization and deplatforming on Facebook because Facebook was using Snopes as one of their fact-checkers at the time when that happened. Um, but what Snopes will tell you, if you ask Snopes, you know, the, the founder of Snopes will say that they, they fact check things based on reports, like things that come in, there's a threshold they have, and if there's a certain number of reports, like if there's a huge volume of people who are misunderstanding something or asking, is this real, then they fact check it. Um, 
I, I, I call BS on that because a story like that, I don't think there's one person who thought that was actually true. There can't even be one. So I have no idea why they fact-checked that one. It's just silly that they picked that one. But there's other examples of silly ones. Like, did you see that uh, uh, USA Today fact-checked us? USA Today, by the way, funded by Facebook. Um, their fact-checking department is funded by Facebook. Fact-checked us and, and rated the claim, the satirical claim that Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death had been overturned by the Ninth Circuit Court. They rated that false. And they cited 15 sources in their lengthy refutation of that joke, which is just the most absurd joke ever. How do you overturn somebody's death? Like, that, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah. Who who are these people that went on? I mean, like also embarrassing for them. I mean, like if 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 US Today reached out to me as a as an expert to go on the record talking about how that's fake. I mean, wouldn't you, I would be like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like I have more interesting things to do with my day and I'm not an idiot. So like, why does anyone even take the time to do that? Like it it, it's, it's embarrassing. It's I, it, well, for one thing, it creates a paper trail of us having been fact checked. I mean, this is one of the things they can look at and cite, and this is one of the things they do cite is these guys keep mis these they keep misleading people. They keep getting people to believe things that aren't true. Look at how many times they've had to be fact checked. So it almost doesn't even matter which stories they're fact checking, as long as they're fact checking us and rating our stuff false. Um, but if you go and read that one, you should do it. I mean, it's it's they're straight faced saying we've checked the Ninth Circuit Court's website and it says nothing about overturning Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death. It's like, why would it? That is so absurd. That's ridiculous. You could have just gone to our website and seen that we're the most popular satire site on the Internet and said this was satire and called it a day. Which, yeah, I mean, it's like, how does anyone ever believe that's real? But, you know, they don't. And you're right. That's the point is they're, you know, they're essentially trying to take you down. Do you ever worry that, you know, they, they do? That they will take us down? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I some, someone's asked me this before. Like, Tucker Carlson asked me if it worries me. And my answer to him was, uh, no. Because we get so much support and there's so much pushback and it usually bites them in the ass. Like they, they end up regretting how they came after us because they get so much negative press out of it. And we get so much positive coverage and we end up getting more subscribers or whatever. You know, like we kind of thrive off of the controversy to some extent. But that will only last up to a point. You know, I've started to get with what just happened with the New York Times, you know, I, I say this very emphatically, like we can't let these lies stick. The minute a reliable source, and I use that very loosely when I'm describing New York Times, but they're considered a reliable source for better or worse. The moment they publish something and it's allowed to stand that says we traffic in misinformation, well then we are seriously threatened with the possibility that Facebook will look to that as a reason to take us off the platform. Um, regardless of what our history is, you know, if New York Times said it, they're a reliable source. So there is a very real threat of that potentially happening uh, and how we fight back against that and what the end outcome will be. I'm not sure, but it's a it's real. It's a realistic possibility. You know, because it, it's you know, we're sort of at this interesting place where the left has so much power in America. I mean, remember, you know, because the alternative always for conservatives was, oh, just build your own platform. And then you have Parler that did that. And then they got deplatformed. Yet we see in articles that. A lot of the planning that took place for January 6th happened on places like Facebook, but nothing happened to them. No recourse taken against Facebook. So, I mean, what's the path forward for conservatives and all of this as, you know, we, we sort of have this wage this uphill battle against the almighty left? 
it might be above my pay grade to answer that question, but I do have an opinion um, that... I'll, I'll take an opinion. Okay. <laughs> uh, for whatever it's worth, an opinion from fake news you can trust, um, that conservatives need to, you know, the, for, for, for better or worse, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, these main platforms, the primary social networks that everybody and your all of your family members and all of your friends are on, they are the public square. That is in the 21st century. That is where um, uh, disc meaningful discussions and discourse take place, and where all sides are represented, and where everyone should be able to have a say. Um, now, the laws haven't caught up with that yet. You know, they're, they, they, they're, the courts haven't dealt with some of these questions, these hard questions yet. Um, Section 230 comes into the conversation, but you have. This effort, I think, for conservatives to set up their own platforms and remove themselves from the public square and say, if we're not welcome here, we're going to go, we're going to take our conversation somewhere else. Imagine an actual public square where, you know, you get shouted down or you're, or you're, you're relegated to a corner somewhere and you have to whisper amongst yourselves because you're not welcome to talk in the actual public square. That's not an acceptable solution, I don't think. And that's what you end up with with some of these uh, with these alternative platforms you're really just talking amongst yourselves and you're not involved in the actual discourse that's happening in the real public square um, so it's really more akin to like a very large trump supporting facebook group rather than an actual alternative to facebook um, something like that so uh, i don't think that's the answer i think we have to assert our right to be on these platforms this is where speech happens it is it is the public square we have a right to be there and these platforms shouldn't be exercising viewpoint discrimination to knock us off of them and the and the government the, the big tech companies are in fact acting as an arm of the government to do that the government wants that happening at least you know the democrats in government want that happening and the big the big tech companies are doing their bidding um, and it would be unconstitutional if the government did it, but the private companies that align with the leftists um, are able to do it and then cite these, you know, um, exemptions that allow them to do it. And it's just absurd how the, these these loopholes are being used against us. So I think we have to fight back against that. And I don't know what the answer is for how we do that, um, but I'm open to suggestions and I'll get involved. Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms.
Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The shutting down of speech and censorship seems to live so healthily on the left. Why is that? Because... um when you don't have really good arguments <laughs> you have to uh, shut up the people who are saying things you don't like that you can't refute i mean ultimately it, that's what it, it seems to come down to kind of this childish uh i don't want to hear what you have to say you know they don't want to be they don't want to be convicted they don't want to be challenged they don't want to be debated with um they want to engage in ad hominem argumentation where they slander you attack you personally uh, and they want to keep you from responding or saying anything back that would be, you know, meaningful or make them look bad or might refute their position. Um, it's it's kind of, it, it is a very immature attitude towards discourse and, uh, and and policy and everything. But you know, it's 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 certainly effective when you control all of these platforms on which people actually speak. Um, you can actually you can actually get your way that way. Um, but it seems to just come from a place of immaturity, in my view. And it makes me sad that people can't find the humor in things. I mean, I've I've gone to, you know, the comedy cellar in New York City when I used to live there and all the jokes were anti-Trump. Right. And I sit there as a Trump supporter and I laugh because it's funny because I can find humor, even if the attacks and even if the, you know, the jokes are aimed at me, I can still find humor in it. Uh, because I'm not a monster and I have a sense of humor and it's still funny. But I, I don't understand why it seems, you know, on the other side, they can't do that. Uh, but It know? is a strange thing, isn't it? Because I grew up, you know, as a Christian, you know, I'm watching shows like The Simpsons or Family Guy or South Park. And, you know, like Jesus and his followers in the Christian church are just ruthlessly made fun of in, in mainstream culture and television and movies. And, and sometimes, you know, sometimes the jokes are funny. Sometimes they're deserved. Um, and, you know, we've learned to laugh at ourselves because we're the butt of these jokes just all over the place. Um, it's very uncomfortable for them, though, when it comes back at them. And maybe they just need to get used to it. Yeah, I'm constantly making fun of myself because that's also a target rich environment. So, you know, it's like whatever. I don't really care. It's you know, I mean, it's it's like the real stuff that ends up hurting you. If like your mom's like, I'm disappointed by what you said on TV. And then you're like, oh, crap. You know, but like, for instance, one of the Mina or, you know, not meanest, but this lady uh, tweeted me one time and I thought it was hilarious. And I was saying that uh, Hillary Clinton didn't have a message. This was like back in 2016. And this woman was <laughs> her message is that you should get or you should get paid the same as a man for the shitty job that you do. And I laughed because I was like, OK, that's actually really funny. Like, touche, you know, like that that's funny. Or, you know, or I had somebody tweet me one time and she was like, is that 
is that your om- or is your ombre hair trashy or is it my TV? And I was like, it's your TV. You know, I mean, it's obviously it's not the hair, but, uh, you know, it's funny, right? Like it's, it's a humor should be a uniting thing versus, uh, you know, a dividing thing and should be some sort of shared activity among all of us well, and being able and to laugh together. Right. If you look back at humor, like the, the great comedians of, of prior decades, you know, going back into the 70s, 80s and 90s, you know, like they made fun of everybody, including themselves. But pretty, pretty ruthlessly stereotyped people, and 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 you know, it was you were able to make jokes of things that like women typically do, or you're able to make jokes of things about uh, that even certain minorities do. Like you're able, you're, all these jokes, you know, like were 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 you know they were edgy, but they were they were still people still considered them funny, and and you were able to make them without without considering you necessarily a misogynist or a racist for making them. You're just trying to be funny. Um, and people were willing to laugh at themselves. You know that was that was possible very recently, and it's no longer possible now. Um, and so, you know, I don't consider that progress by any stretch of the imagination. I don't either. And we should all be able to laugh. Particularly, I mean, a lot of people have had uh, you know a lot of hardships over the past few months during COVID, a uh, loss of life, loss of income, and uh, you know, there, people need humor, and laughing is good for the soul and good for the country. And, and making a joke at someone else's expense doesn't mean that you hate them, you know? Um, it's not necessarily said in a mean spirit. In some, in some cases, it's just said because it's a funny observation. Um, you know, you can make... I saw a video the other day of a woman trying to parallel park. And it, it was going kind of viral. I don't know if you saw this one, but it took her forever to, to parallel park. And there was another woman who... It was probably me. It was me. Finally, <laughs> finally helped her get the parking job done and then immediately got in her car and left and her car was one of the cars that was making it difficult for the parallel parking job to happen so the whole thing was just kind of this mess but you know it it's funny like you can't even like you can't make fun of a woman's ability to like park a car uh in a a parallel spot uh without being accused of hating women which is just silly it's so silly like come on um these these types of jokes are so harmless um and and to act like they're super harmful is uh i think in fact harmful it's also just exhausting i mean i don't understand how people could live each i mean just waking up and you know what am i outraged about today i mean it's just exhausting right what little thing that doesn't even apply to me personally can i be bothered by today i mean what an unhealthy mentality to have to be as if we don't have enough unhealthy things you know we're, we're addicted to scrolling our feeds or our phones and and responding to notifications all the time, and now we're we're also addicted to just being offended by every little thing that doesn't even apply to us. I mean, it's just so psychologically and emotionally draining. Well, Seth, leave us on something positive. What what should people know about the bee, or, or just uh, you know, leave us with something good here? Well, I will say that if you want to stay on top of like what is going on in the news, but from more of like a fun and funny perspective, we have a news site now called Not The Bee, which is like all the news that should be satire, but somehow isn't because it's so absurd. Um, That is a fun and funny place to kind of consume the news because we, we mock silly stuff just like we do on the Babylon Bee, but we're actually reporting real stories rather than doing satire. So... Um, and that's growing like crazy. So I would check that out. Totally. So everyone check that out. I also think that the media, when they attack you guys, ultimately end up discrediting themselves and eroding trust in you know, their publications as well. But I, again, to the listeners, I am a huge, huge fan, You know, big endorser of the Babylon Bee. You guys are absolutely hilarious. I retweet your stuff constantly. It always makes me laugh. 
And uh, we need laughs these days. So keep up the good fight. Uh, You guys are killing it. Thank you so much. Appreciate you having me on. Thanks, Seth. Take care. I want to thank Seth Dillon of the Babylon Bee once again for such a great interview. And if you enjoyed today's show, please leave us a review and rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at at Lisa Marie Booth. I also just want to give a special thanks to our team, producer John Cassio, researcher Margaret Smith, and executive producers Debbie Myers and speaker Newt Gingrich, who are all part of the Gingrich 360 network. Win the battle of your musty, damp basement with an easy-breathe ventilation system. Take charge of your indoor air. It's easy with basement ventilation to remove musty odors, pollutants, allergens, and airborne particles by 85%. An easy-breathe ventilation system creates air exchanges for cleaner, fresher, healthy indoor air. And right now, get $250 off your own easy-breathe ventilation system. Call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com today. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.